Welcome to the Progress Your Health podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Show podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Uh, so we're going to kind of dive right in. Uh, this is another question. This one comes from Maria. Uh, again, uh, looks like she found us on a blog post on how does bioidentical, how does bioidentical progesterone help? Uh, so, uh, Dr. Davidson, why don't you read the question from Maria? Sure, sure. So, I know we've been doing a lot of reader questions lately, and we only because we've been getting a lot of questions in, and I do think that they're important. But know that we're going to do a combination of what um, questions, um, topics, concerns. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we have, like I said, we have a kind of a backlog, and these are um, these are very specific type questions, and we know, which is why we're doing them, that these kind of answers to these questions are are next to impossible to find, you know, on the internet. You can't just type in, you know, a question that, that we get and be able to find that answer. You have to look and look and look. And then when it comes to hormone replacement in general, there's a million different opinions, right? There's not just one way to do, you know, a bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Uh, you know, you talk to 10 doctors, you're going to have 10 different opinions, which makes it even more confusing for the patient because, well, their doctor does one thing, we say another, another doctor says something else. How does the average person make any sense of any of that? Okay, but uh, we have our approach. We have what works for uh, for our patients, and a way to when problems arise, um, like on the last episode, when something comes up, knowing how to, which is also an issue that comes up quite a bit. Sometimes doctors do a dose or do a prescription or do a treatment plan, but then something comes up that is not favorable, and they don't know how to fix it. Okay? That's also why we're kind of doing this podcast as well because we. We end up seeing a lot of those people because they got it. They went to see somebody else, and they just didn't get the results they wanted, and they end up coming to see us. Uh, you know, so uh, go ahead. Why don't you read uh, Maria's question? Okay, sure, sure. So this is from Maria. This was actually an email that she was reading some of our articles or blog posts. It says, "Hello, I've been reading the articles on BHRT, and I have questions. Does the body, or will the body?" develop tolerance to hormones, whether progesterone, testosterone, or estrogens, will I eventually have to increase my dose to get the same effect? Progesterone for sleep, estrogen for hot flashes, testosterone for energy and libido, dot, dot, dot. Thank you very much. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I mean, it's kind of a broad question, but uh, one thing that I do tell women a lot when I speak with them uh, is I say, uh, usually where you start on whatever hormone it is, uh, and we're talking sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, uh, and whatever, whatever dosage you start at is usually not where you're going to end up at. Exactly. So I wouldn't say you're not going to develop a tolerance, just like, you know, like with caffeine, you drink one cup of coffee, really yummy, you know, on a few months or years, you're into two cups, you're into three cups, you know, to get the same effect. It's not like that. It's not, you don't build up a tolerance like that, 
But with time, you know, like I always say, we're not statues. We're, you know, we're not static beings. We're always changing, whether it's with the seasons or with time or with stress, you know, we're always changing. So yes, doses do change often and it, and they should change often. You don't know how many patients have come to see me as a, you know, as a second opinion after being with another doctor and they haven't changed their dose for years, you know, for years. So, and I say that's, you know, cause our bodies are always evolving and changing and we're kind of looking at, you know, you know, what effect, what end effect we're trying to get from doing hormone replacement. Everybody also has a different goal when we're doing bioidentical hormone replacement. So, um, so to answer Maria straight up is no, you're not going to get a tolerance, your skin adapt. If you're putting on creams, you're not going to get some kind of skin adaptation. You're not going to need more. In some cases of conventional hormone treatment or conventional, when you're doing very high, strong doses, um, like injections or pellets, to um, pellets even, which are bioidentical, is you can get an adaptation to that. Because when you give somebody a whole bunch of something they don't need right away, the receptors downregulate, and then you don't get the same effect the next time you do a pellet or an injection. So I would say on that, but in terms of creams or capsules, and, and when you're working with somebody, you know, monitoring their blood work and their symptoms, you're not going to technically, quote unquote, become adapted. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, certainly with pellets, uh, that's where, uh, which has been fairly, it's kind of died off a little bit. It's not as popular as it used to be. But for a while there, you know, probably what, five years ago, maybe a little longer than that, uh, pellet therapy was like this, you know, this really hot thing because you don't have to take anything. You don't have to take any, you don't have to rub on any creams. You don't have to take any pills. They, you know, go through a little, uh, little mini office procedure. It's not as benign as they kind of claim it to be, but you, the little incision on your upper rump area, they ins- insert some, uh, some pellets and then those, those hormones degrade over time. And usually it lasts about three to six months, uh, uh, and we don't really care for that idea very, very much for exactly what you just said. Uh, that therapy for women was giving them testosterone, you know, the same thing for men, giving them testosterone. And that's exactly what happened. You get this huge amount of hormone right off the bat. And as it slowly degrades, that process of kind of flooding the body right away, um, every cell in your body has a receptor for all these different hormones we're referring to. Uh, and now that receptor, that's the physiology term, the receptor, basically when there's an abundance of a hormone, um, present in the blood, the body's response to that from being overstimulated is to get rid of those receptors. Um, that's the process of downregulation. Uh, and a lot of the women, especially, you know, both women and men, once they've gone through a round of pellets, they don't necessarily feel very good after that. They never, they feel really good for that first three months. And then after that three months, they, they really, they really kind of struggle to get back to where they were. So there really is, in some ways, two answers to this question. So just on the flip side, okay, you think of a female, and she's 48, in perimenopause, maybe drifting into menopause, and yeah, we need to do some bioidentical hormones, maybe some progesterone, tiny bit estrogen, maybe, maybe no estrogen, just progesterone and some testosterone. That level of what she needs as a dose at 48 is going to be completely different from as she goes to actual menopause at 51 and a half. So you, they're not, she's not become adapted. It's just, you know, the ovaries rightly so have decided to work less, work less, work less, and eventually retire, which, you know, they justly deserve having worked so long for so many years, but doing that replacement. So yeah, you're going to see a change in the dosage, but it's not necessarily that the receptors are adapting to the dose or I need more because my body, you know, like I said, like with caffeine or other sort of substances that I, you need more to get that similar effect. 
it's not like that as, you know, you're transitioning from perimenopause to menopause to postmenopause, but just like Dr. Mackey was talking about, say a fella, you know, sure, when a fella's 28 years old versus 17 versus 58, their testosterone levels are going to be a little different, but they don't necessarily, you know, the testosterone levels don't necessarily go down to zero, which would, you know, which would horrify men like it would be with a female when our ovaries decide, hey, we're not going to work anymore. Let's go into menopause. So, you know, you do see men with their testosterone lowering over time, but still, you know, a 75-year-old fella that's never taking testosterone therapy is still making some testosterone. Yeah, right. That's that. Uh, yeah, so, sorry to mean to interrupt you there. I thought you were done with your, your with your thought. <laughs> uh, but the, the, the difference between men and women is that women stop producing the hormones, men do not stop producing the hormones. So fundamentally, there's a big difference there. Uh, you know, for women, uh, the tolerance, like you said, it's more about the need, right? Having an appropriate dose of hormone that helps to ameliorate symptoms. Uh, and that, you know, as we've talked about on almost every podcast where we talk about hormone replacement, that dose is specific to the woman. You know, some can tolerate a lot, some need a lot, you know, right? Because estrogen is what makes a woman a woman. So it's not about having too much. It's about having enough. Uh, and that's something that we do see a lot is that women are prescribed doses that are always too low, always too low. And then they're on that dose for, you know, sometimes months and years when if their doctor would just give them a little bit more estrogen or a little bit more biased, you know, they probably feel a lot better. Yeah, that's unfortunately sometimes you know, the bioidentical hormones get a little bit of a bad rap because they'll come in and say, oh, yeah, 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 I took, you know, I took those hormones. I took the bioidentical hormones and they didn't do anything for me. And it really was because they're very gentle. They don't have a very long half-life. So you have to make sure that you're applying them at certain, you know, daily is that, you know, they're just not, they just didn't get enough. Yeah, right. It's, it comes down, at that point, it comes down to a dosing issue. Uh, and that's, you know, that's on the doctor to, to know how to dose it properly. Uh, you cannot use the same dose for every single woman. Uh, that That is like f f uh, BHRT number one. You can start somewhere relatively the same on each patient. But uh, as we've said, you're not going to end at the same dose because some can tolerate, as I said, a lot and some can tolerate very little. Uh, and most women are going to fall in between somewhere. Um, but every dose that a woman eventually gets to after a few months or a few years uh, that dose is specific to her, um, not, you know, a population, you know, of millions and millions of women, and they all get basically one or two or three doses. That's ridiculous. Okay. That's, you know, cookie cutter, trying to do something that is um, very specific on a mass scale. That's why it just doesn't work when you go see your gynecologist or a doctor that is using conventional hormones, because there's no options. There's no choice uh, that is, you know, customized to the patient. It has to be customized to the patient. And customize over time. So like I said, you know, a woman's hormones at 48 is going to be completely different at 51. Or a female that has, you know, they had to have a hysterectomy and have their ovaries taken out. They're going to go from hormones to no hormones. So once someone has, let's say those ovaries either have been removed or they have decided to retire, they're in full postmenopause, they are not producing any hormones at all. A lot of women will say, well, you know, they're on their bioidentical hormones and then I want, I hey, it's time to change them a little bit. And they'll say, well, why do we change them? My hormones, you know, my ovaries aren't making any hormones. I'm, my ovarian function is gone. Why are you changing my hormones? Shouldn't it be the same all the time? And that's where, you know, we come into, hey, we're individuals. Our adrenals affect our, you know, how we respond to hormones. Our thyroid affects how we respond to hormones. Stress, you know, change in season can affect things. 
Yeah, right. Every time we go from winter to spring to summer, um, there's always kind of an uptick. Now, we lived in Vegas for 15 years. Uh, you know, it, it, when it starts to get, you know, May, June, the temperature starts to get to 100 degrees. When women have a, you know, have an increase just because of the change in season. Same thing going into winter uh, or going into uh, from uh, in Vegas is kind of like two seasons. You got basically summer and, and winter, uh, you know, where everywhere else in the in the country, they, you know, they do have, you know, certainly four seasons. Vegas is kind of just two. Uh, you have four months of summer and the rest of it is kind of the same, which is nice. It's pleasant. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, you see definitely these, you know, kind of timings of where hot flashes and symptoms start to, you know, kind of rear their head. So, of course, their dose needs to be tweaked a little bit. And now we're not even talking about what we're talking about basically in this context and I'm just kind of throwing a wrinkle here. What we're talking about for the most part is what they call static dosing, same dose every day. You know, when a woman is menstruating, even when a man is creating testosterone, which they do up until, you know, when men, uh, man's in their 80s, uh, you know, they're still producing testosterone. It's not in a flat line. Okay? If you graft out a level of hormone production for a female, uh, and of course, you know, we look at these hormone graphs all the time. Uh, there's, you know, they kind of ebb and flow, right? You don't have a consistent level of estrogen all the time. You don't have a consistent level of progesterone all the time. You have a peak and you have a peak and you peak here and a peak there. Uh, when you go into menopause, basically those hormone levels flatline, right? So using static dosing is a good way to ameliorate symptoms because all you're doing is raising the baseline. You, know, you have a very relatively low baseline. The adrenals are supposed to kick in and make some hormone. So all we're trying to do is just increase that baseline to a point where their symptoms are taken care of. Now, another strategy uh, that is completely different than static dosing is rhythmic dosing. Rhythmic dosing, uh, we find, now the, the caveat to rhythmic dosing is that if a woman still has her uterus, and we're, of course we're talking about women at the, at the time, if a woman still has her uterus and she does rhythmic dosing with estrogen, she is going to get her period back. In some ways, that's the point of rhythmic dosing. A lot of women that are in their 50s, mid-50s or whatever, they don't want to get their period back. So then automatically rhythmic dosing, they're not, a, they don't, that sh they're just not a candidate for. So then they become, you know, static dosing only. Uh, and that's the majority, right? Probably 95, 98% of women that are doing hormone replacement are doing some form of static dosing. And just like rhythmic dosing sounds, you're, you're changing the hormones over basically a 28 day cycle, which is for females in a perfect world, we have a 28 day cycle is you change the hormones throughout that 28 day period that would mimic exactly what your ovaries had been producing when you were cycling. So that's kind of the, the premise behind rhythmic dosing. Like Dr. Mackey said, is pretty much BHRT is static dosing. You take the same dose every day. You never change. You never change. Um, and you don't want to get a period. You know, you don't want to get a period with static dosing. That's not, a, that's not a good idea. But on the flip side is the rhythmic dosing for a lot of people is the gold standard of hormone replacement. I mean, you are literally um, mimicking exactly what the ovarian function was doing when those ovaries were, you know, before menopause. Yeah. Now, uh, even though you just said that it's kind of the gold standard, that is a that is a little controversial from a from a dosing perspective. Truly, because you're giving women that are in their fifties and beyond, you're giving them relatively high doses of estrogen, uh, and that's where people get uncomfortable. Practitioners get uncomfortable with that because they don't really understand the rationale or why that would be a good idea. All we're really doing, even though the body, you know, the the female body goes through this, uh, you know, senescence basically of the reproductive history. 
Um, why not increase that for a while? If we can increase that because we have the ability to do that, uh, when do for women, all the age-related disease that women experience happens basically you know, over the age of 50. But if we can maintain those hormones for a little bit longer, now we are you know, essentially we are reducing risk of diabetes, heart disease, dementia, osteoporosis, uh, you know, and all not to mention all the symptoms that come along with menopause, those are going to be ameliorated as well. So uh, in some ways, you and I both, you know, really like the rhythmic dosing, it's just some women are, you know, if they don't want to have a period, which I totally understand, they're just not a candidate for it. So now all we're trying to do is just, you know, make sure their symptoms are as manageable as possible. Oh, exactly. And still doing the static dosing. I have so many patients, probably the majority of my patients on static dosing. That's what I originally started with is it is great for anti-aging. It is great for longevity. It's easy, but you know, Hey, if you were really going to mimic mother nature doing the rhythmic dosing is where it's at. But you know, like you said, a lot of women are like, I've had a plenty of periods in my life. The last thing I want to do is keep having my period. I totally get that. You have to change the dose every few days. So you have to basically, you know, track your cycle, which a lot of women are like, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with that too. I don't want to track my cycle on a calendar anymore. And that, and that's okay too. So it really kind of, you know, of course it depends on the person. And just like we had always talked about all dosings, all BHRT is dose dependent on the individual, not on the masses. Yeah, right. And that's where the rhythmic dosing, I think, does, uh, you know, it, it, you know, there's a couple of different stages where you start at the basic, you can increase it a little bit if needed. Uh, and then women kind of fall in line with what their body, what their body tells us, their body tells now granted, we're looking at lab work, and we're monitoring some objective data uh, along that path. But their body will tell us, uh, you know, where their estrogen level needs to be. Because, you know, uh, I know you always say estrogen is the best hormone in the world. Uh, that's what makes a woman a woman. So getting that estrogen level, not necessarily being worried about giving her too much, but making sure that she has enough. Um, that's where she's going to go from surviving, really, in menopause, um, just getting uh, to a certain level of functionality to actually thriving in menopause because we're just perpetuating that menstrual cycle for, you know, uh, as long as she, as long as she wants. And now uh, it's amazing. Uh, we, I, you know, I talk about or talk with patients on a regular basis and people are, you know, in their sixties, seventies, even their eighties, and they're living these amazing, uh, uh, very active lives, doing tons of things. Uh, you know, it, it, when I was, when you and I were young, uh, I was growing up in Minnesota and I had, uh, my grandmother was one of 13 children. So I was around a lot of old people all the time. Uh, you know, Auntie Fanny and Auntie Vivi and, you know, my grandma Esther and uh, they senior citizens were 55 years and older, you know, and back then, you know, 65, they were considered to be old. Okay. Now our patients now at 65, they're just getting started, you know, sort of, I mean, they're still, you know, they're running companies, they're busy, they're traveling, they're, you know, they're doing things that, uh, when we were little people are, you know, using canes and walkers and in nursing homes at 65. Um, so even just in a, in our lifetime, in one generation, it has been pushed back. The, the people's level of quality of life has been pushed back, you know, 10 to 15, almost 20 years in some cases, which is, which is remarkable. Oh, uh, it's, a, it's awesome. It's yeah. just awesome. So yeah, exactly. So anything that can kind of help with that, you know, with the longevity, with the anti-aging, you know, the BHRT, you know, as long as it's, you know, 
disclaimer, 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 you know, monitored and dosed right and all that jazz and you're the right candidate, it can be absolutely amazing. But but to answer Maria, I mean, thank you, Maria, for your question, is no, you're not, your body is not going to get adapted to these hormones, but I do encourage you to have them tested, to talk with your practitioner about what's working for you and what's not. And if you need to tweak the doses, I love tweaking the doses. Just a small little quarter of a milligram to a milligram change can make a huge difference in someone's sleep because they always say, you know, hey, I feel great. But I'm like, but a lot of patients always say, well, I feel great, but I I could feel better. Yeah, <laughs> I true. Mean, why not? Yeah, right. So you just take an inventory of what symptoms are going on, what needs to be improved, what what's working well, what's not, and then you kind of decide from there. So, you know, evolving in a, a, a treatment plan for a patient over time really is about the goals that they're trying to attain or they're trying to accomplish. Um, staying on the same dose forever in some ways kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, it doesn't defeat the purpose. I mean, some women are just fine on, uh, you know, on their, you know, on their, uh, you know, same dose consistently. That's okay. But, you know, uh, there's always, like you said, six months in the future where our bodies are different, our situation's different, our sleep is different, our stress is different, our diets are different. Maybe not so much on the diet. People have, you know, a lot of tendencies about the diet, but it just means that there's always room for improvement to some capacity. Uh, and, uh, you know, for men, men because men make testosterone uh, on a regular basis, that's why the rhythmic dosing is the only way that we do uh, 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 testosterone therapy for them, at least most of the time. Some men get kind of lazy and they don't follow the protocols, so that they, they default to static dosing. But for men, we found that the best way to get them the, the results they want is to do the rhythmic dosing. So uh, that wasn't necessarily intended to be a rhythmic dosing tangent, uh, but based on her question, her question is kind of broad. Um, I do think that it needs to be kind of you know thrown out there as these two completely different philosophies about hormone replacement. You have static dosing versus rhythmic dosing. I think that it's important for people to understand that there's even an option. You know, the rhythmic dosing, most, most doctors don't know anything about rhythmic dosing. Uh, so, uh, uh, do you have anything else to add about that? I know, like I said, I went on a, a lot about <laughs> nope. rhythmic dosing. We, we, when it comes to bioidentical hormones, we could talk for hours. I love them. They're great. So, um, definitely. Thank you, Maria, for your question. Thank you for everybody listening, all you readers. We appreciate your support. Uh, and so, uh, nothing else to add, uh, until next time. I'm Dr. Mackey. I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at ProgressYourHealth.com.